Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. and welcome to another episode of Star Wars Action News. I'm Arnie. I'm Marjorie. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter show this week. I kind of wanted to follow up on something that we talked about when we had Steve on the show. For those who listened to that interview and heard, we are moving the Smithsonian and moving ourselves. Yes. And unfortunately, that's going to impact the show a little bit. We are actually more than doubling the space in the Smithsonian. And for those of you who've been here, those who helped set it up, Scott and Andrea from Tulsa and some others, or those who just have stopped by to visit, you know that despite my grand plans, it just wasn't big enough from day one. I told you so. Yeah. yeah. It was episode three. (laughs) That was the problem. Episode three was the icing on the cake. And many panic attacks have I had due to episode three. We're going to be expanding to over 4,000 square feet just for the Smithsonian alone, 1,800 of which will be unfinished just for box storage. Because for all the times Marjorie has said on the show that I should throw the boxes away... We actually need them now. Now that we're moving, all of a sudden... All right, I'll concede that we're even at this point. How about that? You were right. There wasn't enough space. I was right. The boxes were important. Yeah. But see, you weren't saving the boxes because you had to move. So this is a little bit of a falsehood, Arnie. You were saving the boxes because they had art on them and text. So don't play all innocent. I told you I need them someday. Okay. But I have said that for the art and text, I would have just folded the boxes down. But for Gentle Giant, Sideshow, Master Replicas, FX Collectibles items, I needed the packing inside for those. So I couldn't fold them down. That's why they took up as much space as they did is because I couldn't fold them down. All my Hasbro boxes, I fold down. I love them, but... I fold them down. Okay, now the neatest thing we're going to have in this house, which I have demanded, is a dumbwaiter. It's going to go from the basement, which is where his stuff is, all the way up to the box room, which is the attic. So, just to let you know, if there are some weeks where we don't get a show out this summer, anyone who's ever built a house and moved knows it's an undertaking, and so there's going to be some weekends that I just think we're not going to be able to make it to the recording studio to record. We may have some guest hosts, too, and that's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. take a little break from us, and we have some great staff who love to take over when given the chance. Yes, they will be bringing you some shows, and I just wanted to say this up front to let you know our commitment to the show has not waned. In fact, we're doing this largely to get the collection more space, doing it for the collection. So if over the summer 
there's a week where we just post on Facebook and the forums, hey, couldn't get a show out this week, and today it's going to be a bit of a shorter show. Don't think, oh, they're phoning it in. No, we are doing this, and there won't be a video for the 300th episode because we're going to be mid-build. And I have actually forbidden Arnie from doing any more videos. But we're going to override that because when we get the new Sithsonian set up, we will have a video tour for an episode because I have some good plans. It's going to be a little while on that because for those who listen for the building of the current Sithsonian, we had to have the house settle for a year before we finished the basement. We're looking at doing that same thing this time. So we're building it now. We're going to have a theater room that's going to have some of the high-end collectibles on the main floor. But the toys, which will go in the basement area, may wait a year before I start putting those up. Just so the house can settle and I know what the basement's going to be like rather than risk damage like the flood we had around episode something or other early, early on. So thank you all for your patience while we do this. And it's still in the very early stages. We're right now just getting the plans with our contractor. So it's going to be a long, hard road that I'm not looking forward to. I'm not worried about the building. I just am not looking forward to moving. No. The building is fine. I'm very quick to make my decisions on that stuff. And before we get to the show proper, I also want to do a reminder. Jay, our photo editor, doing the Relay for Life for the American Cancer Society this May. I want to thank people. Jay had written to us and said that many of our listeners had donated some anonymously. And the comment said, may the force be with you. So he knew that it was from listeners of the show. It's a great cause. And his camp's theme is Star Wars. You can find all the information about it in our forums, the links where to donate and where to find out more. And if you want to attend on May 20th, the opening ceremonies, Survivor Lap at 6 p.m., it's in Lady Lake, Florida. That always makes me giggle. Lady Lake. Well, Arnie, let's talk about what we found in the stores this week. Well, we did that again. It is so disappointing. We even went out of town and hit a couple other Toys R Us's. And, man, just the same stuff everywhere. Toys R Us had a sale before Easter trying to clear out a lot of the older figures. And Target did as well. I really think they're trying to move some of the peg-warming stock. And, you know... I kind of want to clarify something we said, I think, on last week's show when we talked about Hasbro's first quarter profits. I didn't have the article in front of me at the time. I want to correct what number I said. Their first quarter profit dropped 71%, which is still huge. Mm -hmm. I think I said something in the 80s. It was 71%. But I said it right after I said this. Boys Toys was the bright spot. A lot of people have come to our Facebook page or emailed me or gone to the forums and said, well, if they'd start shipping the figures. No, the figures are doing fine. Star Wars, Marvel, G.I. Joe, these are making the money. These are the things that have made it not drop further than 71%. It's the things like the Littlest Pet Shop, that kind of stuff. Board games. Yeah. So it's not like their distribution has caused a problem where we're not getting figures, so the profits drop 71%. The truth is, distribution is the worst I've ever seen it for Star Wars figures right now. I've just never been to a point since the line came out in 95 or even in the vintage days where the only way I was able to get them is the internet. Of course, in the vintage days, there was no internet. But since 95, there have been sporadic figures that I had to get on the internet. But never where the only time I'd see entire waves repeatedly in a row and not have it be the last wave of a line when stores are phasing it out be on the internet. But that's not why their profit's down. Truthfully, Hasbro's a publicly owned company with stockholders to account to. If they could make more money by making one figure and selling it at a higher profit margin, 
that's good business for them. So I just wanted to clarify that. But no, we are still not seeing things. I'm getting some reports from people finding newness in stores. But I really think right now, clearing out the stores with the sales that they did pre-Easter was the way to go. Mm -hmm. What's surprising is I don't see any sales in our ad for the post-Easter. No, in fact, there were no toy sales. It's all summer stuff and workout gear again. But we did get one cool thing this week that Marjorie found on sale at Shopco. Yeah, this is kind of weird, but this was a shirt that I know I've seen at conventions at StarWarsShop.com, and it's a black shirt with just pictures of all of the characters from original trilogy to prequel trilogy and superimposed of that just in white is the word Star Wars. And it's a really cool shirt. And I want to say it was 30 35 bucks online. And it was eight eighty eight at Shopco. Regular price was like twelve ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. So it was down well over half in stores and down to about a third of the price we'd seen it for at cons and online. And it's a cool shirt. I like it. It's a really nice design. They didn't have any other Star Wars shirts, but if you do get your peanut butter into your chocolate, they do have some Marvel shirts that are ones that I have seen at some of the online superhero retailers. And I actually, I want you to go back this week and see if they have any more because at 888, we can afford to cut it up immediately for the quilt you're making from Bonnie's Star Wars craft book. Yes. The t-shirt quilt, I'm taking a lot of my shirts that I don't wear anymore, some that are too big, and cutting them up and Marjorie's making me a quilt out of them. Turned out we didn't have enough, but for 888, I like that design well enough. Pick it up, we'll cut it up and put it on the quilt. But that's our store report online news. Last week, we talked about FX Collectibles' Darth Vader helmets that they were coming out with. Their Legendary Edition helmet went on sale last Wednesday. And it sold out in under five minutes. And there are only 250 of them. At a thousand a pop. Mm-hmm. Now, they did allow two per customer, so I'm sure some online resellers did get some. And because they sold out in under five minutes, if you weren't there in that five minutes... It'll be a much higher premium, I guarantee. They've even closed the wait list. Oh, wow. So congrats to FX for such a hit item. You know, I did hem and haw on it a little bit, but what was drawing me to that was its limitedness. And I talked to some people on our forums, and I'm like, the brush stroke look just it isn't what appeals to me. I'm not that kind of guy. If it was the actual one in the movie, of course, I'd be paying Mm -hmm. maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars for it. But I'd appreciate the brush strokes. But on a replica for my collection, I prefer the glossy look. Somebody else said, well, they've released several Vader helmets now. The Macquarie Vader helmet, the Revenge of the Sith Vader helmet. So the brush strokes is what sets this one off for them, is it makes it different than all the other Vader helmets in their collection. Now, if you wanted the limited edition, which is the more hero-type prop, good for close-ups and things, about half of them are still available at $7.99 through fxcollectibles.com. As of this recording, they are available through some other outlets as well. Over at General Giant, they revealed their third Premier Guild exclusive mini bust, and it's a Shadow Scout Trooper. Now, we were debating whether it was Halo or a Scout Trooper, but it is definitely a Scout Trooper, and it's the Shadow, which means he's going to be very sought after. Possibly. I mean, the. Are, are sh- we over it? It kind of seems that we are, and the Shadow Stormtrooper, because it was so unusual when they did it, was one thing. Now, it's a Premier Guild exclusive. I mean, you have to join the Premier Guild, and this is your free gift, quote-unquote, or you get the Premier Guild membership with this. So it's not like it's a limited to a specific number where you have to join the Premier Guild 
in a certain amount of time. Of course, the Premier Guild is not a one-year thing. It's only good for the calendar year, so the sooner you join, the sooner you can start saving and getting primary access to other stuff online. But, yeah, I definitely need that. The pose to me looks a lot like the Kashyyyk scout trooper that they released, or I guess that was a clone trooper, versus their much older scout trooper mini bust. But it's good to add a little variety to your troops and General Giant get back into it. Now, we're less than a month away from the launch of the new Star Tours ride at Disney World in May, and they've released images of the new toys that are going to be accompanying the release. You can see these at DisneyParks.Disney.Go.com. And one thing they're doing is a box set of Star Speeder 1000s. And they kind of look like Hot Wheels, only they're the Star Speeder that you ride in. It doesn't look all that different from the Star Speeder from Star Tours 1, to be <laughs> honest. I have the larger replica of that. They come in different colors. You get them in a box set. So that's kind of cool. For figure collectors, there are two new Star Tours figure packs. There's Ambush at Star Tours, which I think is a spoiler alert to what mm, may happen during yeah, Star Yeah, I Tours, think it is. Where two Sky Troopers, Darth Vader, and Boba Fett. And then there's the Star Tours Travel Agency, where you get a number of droids plus a luggage attendant. The poor little luggage attendant. Why don't you get a droid to carry the luggage? You'd think that... yeah. I guess aliens are cheaper than droids, but you get a C-3PO and three new droids and then the luggage attendant. Now, those will retail for $39.95. Which is a little pricey. It's $10 a figure, but what do you expect at a Disney park, right? (laughs) They charge $5 for a Coke. There's also a number of t-shirts and other tchotchkes like drinking glasses. So cool stuff for anyone going to the opening. We're actually thinking about heading up to Anaheim after Comic-Con to see it open there. Because I'm not crazy enough. (laughs) Versus a special trip just to Florida for it or something. I don't know. We're still hemming and hawing about going to the opening, but we're going to fly into L.A. for Comic-Con, as we usually do. is a lot cheaper to fly into L.A. than to San Diego. So maybe we'll go up to Disneyland. I've never been to Disneyland. I haven't either, and I think it would be kind of fun. Plus, let's face it, we've seen Orlando in May before, and it was hot. Now, over at our sponsor, Backstage Toys, there's a number of Star Wars items. You can get some of the foil vintage chase figures if you're missing them. They also have the Mighty Bins Darth Vader tin to store your beans in. And if you still don't have one of those Hasbro Interactive R2-D2s, which I haven't seen in stores since 2002. No. But every so often pop up online. That's been marked down at Backstage Toys to $145.99. Backstage Toys gave us a couple of those to give away back at Celebration 5. And I know the people who got them really love those. So Ryan's Toys is a special 10% off discount code until April 27th. And that code is Mustafar. M-U-S-T-A-F-A-R. I suppose if you listen to the show, you know how to spell it, though. Actually, I thought there were two U's, so I had to fix it in my notes. And that's good off all orders. And you can get some Clone Wars figures that are hard to find, like Draw, Embo, Pre Vizsla, or Heavy. And exclusives like Sergeant Brick and Captain Locke. And remember, when checking out at Brian's Toys, please be sure to mention that you heard about them from Star Wars Action News. Next up, we have our voicemails. And the first one, we've got from Phil over in the UK again. 
Hey everyone, it's Phil, wannabe trooper on the forums. Just come back from Newcastle, and as usual, I've been to FP, the usual place to go on a Saturday morning, and I've managed to pick up Luke Skywalker, the Endor capture, on the vintage card of Return of the Jedi. Uh, again, I'm paying 10.99 for this figure, but you know it's what I'm paying these days, so I don't really mind that much. Now they also had in Wave Four of the vintage line, the Attack of the Clone series. And I think they had every single figure in there, actually, that apart from the one that I was actually after, the uh, Django Fett one. So if anyone on the forums or that uses the website or, you know, listens to this show, has an extra one of these or can help us out, you know, just look us up on the on the website, Wannabe Trooper, and uh, I'll make sure some cash can come your way. Now, in the Newcastle FP, there seem to be the Star Wars figures on the vintage line, as I said before, they're sitting at 10.99. But what I have noticed is that the Darth Vader from Wave One and the Sand Trooper from Wave Two they're still sitting on the pegs. The staff have finally decided to drop the price to 8.99. Now we've already got these figures, but I might pick them up and you know use them as an opener. Or the other idea I was having was to actually customise them, but not not actually customise the figure itself, but customise the card and somehow make a Palatoy sticker and stick it over the Kenner uh, area on the on the card. Something special, as Palatoy was the sort of UK company. Um, if there's anyone actually doing that out there, please let us know, and uh, I can actually see how it's, how it's done, or I might just try it myself. But, you know, if I do eventually get that done, I'll post some uh, pictures on the, on the forums, and you guys can uh, tell us what you think. Anyway, keep up the good work with the show, guys, and hopefully I'll speak to you all soon with some more vintage finds. Congrats on finding what you did. I think you found more over there than most people are finding over here. I hope somebody is able to help you out with the Django, but I'm, I don't know. I wouldn't hold my breath. I have not seen Django on pegs except for the one time. They're just none to be found. It sounds, like I say, like the UK may be getting a bit more than the US at the moment. Just, again, weird distribution. Hey, MRJ and Arnie, this is David Carr from Southern California, giving you a little story report. It is April 21st. I was out in uh, Southern California in the Lancaster Palmdale area today. Uh, happened to see uh, at a Target, they had some of their legacy uh, collection uh, two packs on sale for six ninety nine. Those are the ones, uh, the Genos in Arena, the Target exclusive, and then um, Oh, they had their regular figures on sale for six ninety nine. Nothing too special there. Uh, they actually did have a couple, one X-Wing and one Snowspeeder and their Shrek back packaging uh, on the shelf, which kind of surprised me, so I thought all those were gone. Um, and then also just happened to stop over at my uh, local Toys R Us in there, and unfortunately all their, their computers were down, so they couldn't take any uh, charges, but uh, debit parts, cash only. But they did have two of the Y-Wings still up at uh, 50% off and also two battle packs, the same ones uh, that have been out previously on sale, uh, the Rise of Darth Vader. Um, and actually, I did see one heavy, uh, the new Clone Wars figures there, uh, and then uh, one campaign with uh, Toto. I haven't seen too many of those on the show. So that was uh, nice to see, although I didn't pick it up. I've already got mine through Blind Play, so thanks for that tip. Uh, that's worked out pretty good. Uh, but again, very not very much in the way of vintage uh, figures for sure. It's basically the same ones that we've been seeing. Uh, Cloud Car Pilots been staying on the peg. Uh, Cloud Two here and there. Uh, Dengar. Uh, I mean, it's the usual suspects. So 
Anyways, uh, again, this is David Carr, Southern California, and I uh, hope this is helpful to you guys. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the show, and uh, talk to you later. Bye. Cool finds with the sales. Over at Jedi Temple Archives, they had actually posted a picture from their Toys R Us that before Easter had a whole bunch of the Y-Wing Starfighters on sale for $35, and then Easter Day, back up to 70 Yeah, there's so much stuff on sale before Easter at Toys R Us, it's probably all wah-wah right now. We went to a Toys R Us where, during the sale, they actually had the vintage package exclusive AT-AT, and I hadn't seen that in a long time in a number of different Toys R Uses, but it was not marked down as part of the sale. I'm sure the week before, I could have bought it as part of the buy one, get one half off if I wanted, you know, two AT-ATs or something, but at 110, where other places was having the AT-AT marked down so much more, and... It's not a window box or anything. It's really, you're, again, paying for the box. 110 for the box is a high, high price. A little bit. Which, of course, I paid. Of course. Now, next up, let's hop across the pond and see what the Ginger Prince is finding with his UK report. Greetings, all. This is Steve, the Ginger Prince, Checking in with another UK report. And if you're on this side of the Atlantic and you've not been to Toys R Us lately, then I advise you to make it so. They're currently boasting about the best ever spring deals, and the good news is that the deals include Star Wars. Now, everyone likes something for nothing, and if you're prepared to spend £20 or more on Star Wars toys, then that's what you'll get, as True are giving away a free Jodo cast figure with that amount spent. Now, I'd heard a rumour that Waves 4 and 5 of the Vintage Collection were finally hitting here in Blighty, so I bounced down to the central Manchester Toys R Us, only to find that the only figures swinging from the pegs were remnants of Waves 1 and 2. Disappointed, I scanned around to see what else I could drop 20 sheets on to get my free Mando Bounty Hunter, and that's when I saw the Battle of Endor multi-pack for $29.99. So I picked it up and a Jodo cast. Since first seeing the Battle of Endor pack on a Hasbro PowerPoint slide at C5, I've wanted to get my hands on it, and I'm pleased to report it's well worth the wait and the money. The standout figure is Grizz Fricks. Who, I hear you say? Well, he's X-Wing pilot Red 5, and always been a favourite background character of mine. He's needlessly packed with a blaster, but the head sculpt is good, and the detailing on these X-Wing pilot helmets is always a standout feature. The TIE fighter pilot, Major Meander, is a nice twist on the classic Imperial design, with some silver go-faster stripes either side of the bridge of his helmet's breather. B-Wing pilot, Palso Thern, or Blue Seven if you prefer, has a fresh face sculpt, but it may just be attached to a previously used body. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure about that one. The pack's rounded off well with Grizz Fricks's astromech, which has dull red and black tones, and a weathered lead patina on his dome. The free Jodo cast figure is also a quality effort, with a lovely blaster and some great colouring on his helmet and jetpack, definitely worth acquiring. So let me help you out with some suggestions of what you could pick up to help you get hold of him gratis. For $39.99, you could pick up the stunning Rebel Armoured Snowspeeder in that lovely vintage-style packaging. Or for that matter, the Imperial TIE Fighter, as they've both landed in the UK. If you're looking for a few smaller price items, you might want to pick up either of the £16.99 figure 3-packs. All you have to do is choose between Rex, Annie and Bane, or Kenobi, Cody and Grievous. 
There's electronic lightsabers just under the magic score at £19.97, or a Mighty Beans Mighty Tin in Darth Vader design, which comes with one set plus storage capacity for lots more bean-type fun. Lego gives you another way to spend plenty, with a Twilight reduced by £30 to £49.99, or a T6 Jedi Shuttle that's a tenner off at £39.99. Over at Forbidden Planet, there's been no new vintage collection figures for a while, but I did find a Clone Wars heavy figure that I've not seen before in the wild. If you can't find the figures you need, there's still a plethora of Star Wars goodies to satisfy those shopping urges at Forbidden Planet. For example, they've got the remote control Hailfire droid at a steep £69.99. I also found this really neat line of patches that you could sew onto your coat, your satchel bag, or even your plain bed quilt. From the Starkiller New Hope Triangular logo, to the rectangular Flame Invader Hothhead from Empire, and even a Yoda Revenge of the Jedi logo, there's a nice selection. But none top Boba Fett's chest emblem, and for only £4.99, buying more than one is definitely an option. Suzanne was most taken with a giant plastic R2-D2 money bank. If you're watching the Enhanced podcast, take a look at her hand for an indication of just how big it is. You could fit a lot of Republic credits in there. Speaking of everyone's favourite astromech, they've got him in giant talking plushy form, as well as a giant talking plushy Chewie and a giant talking plushy Vader. All will set you back £29.99 each. Away from the Forbidden Planet, the Adidas store has some reductions on its older Star Wars items. This red, black and white sweater had been dropped £22 to a nice round half a tonne, and I also found an Emperor Palpatine t-shirt for £11.50 less than previously sold. In addition to the sale items, there are also some newer lines on display, and they seem to be matching sweaters with shoes. If you like the graffiti stormtrooper, then you can wear him on your chest and on your feet. But if you don't, there's a blue and orange line with a plain old stormy instead. If you want to wear Star Wars but haven't got the pocket book to pay Adidas prices, then the Sainsbury supermarket chain provide a cheaper but just as good option. Look at this great comic book cover style, Sibling Swinging for Freedom tee. It's under £10. Sadly, even though Easter is here, I haven't been able to spend any money on Star Wars Easter eggs, as I just can't find any. But my confectionery buy of the season was this R2-D2 party cake that we bought to celebrate my little sister Ruth's birthday from middle-of-the-road chain store Marks & Spencer's. We've always nicknamed Ruth R2, and what better to celebrate a 30th birthday than with a cream-filled spongy D2 dome? I think we might even wrap the cake box up in this original trilogy wrapping paper, also from Marks and Spencers. It's not just been the normal retail experience for us lately. On the sunny morning of Sunday the 10th of April, my good lady wife Suzanne and I took a trip to a Barry Potter fair. And before you offer to buy me a butter beer, that's Barry, not Harry. I can't be doing with any of that wizarding shite. The local Potter toy fairs are usually at the Reebok Stadium in Bolton, but this was a newly organised one, debuting at the boldly named Museum of Museums at the Trafford Centre, not too far away from my spiritual home, the Theatre of Dreams, home of the mighty Manchester United. As we queued to get in, we were struck at how much bigger this scene than the Bolton fairs, with around 350 stalls, most of them full of model trains, toy cars and stuffed bears, we were going to have to route around to find the Star Wars. To our delight, there was plenty of Star Wars to be found, and within five minutes I'd picked up the San Diego Comic Con Smiling Luke Skywalker 3 and 3 quarter inch action figure from last year. 
You know, the X-Wing pilot Luke with the giant yellow ladder accessory. The one where he looks really pleased with himself, like he's been smoking Yoda's root leaf stew instead of eating it. The next thing I picked up was a set of 20 metallic Return of the Jedi trading cards in a tin. The set, made by a company called Metallic Impressions, was complete and came with a certificate confirming its laughable limited edition status. Laughable because it was limited to just under 50,000. Yes, 50,000. I'd found set 8,657 of Series 3, the last 20 cards of 60, celebrating the final film of the original trilogy. And at a price of £5, when after a bit of research I found that sets usually go for between 10 and 20 on eBay, I was happy. Particularly because I got an Admiral Akbar card. The cards themselves are a bit like really thin metal fridge magnets, without the magnet and they're not the highest quality items in my collection, but I'll look out for Series 1 and 2, now I own Series 3. I also found a vintage Jawa on a French 12-back square card that I really fancied. But at £40 and with the glue coming loose on the bubble and a creased top right-hand corner, it was a pass. But I really like the look of these square French cards, and I'll keep my eyes open for these in the future. Perhaps they could be my gateway into a small European vintage collection. And on that continental thought, I'll pass you back to the Père Magnifique, Marjorie and Arnie. Thank you, Steve. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Now we have Nathan, who's going to do his second installment, looking back on the... Hasbro comic two packs. Hello, Star Wars Action News listeners. This is Nathan P. Butler of StarWarsFanWorks.com and Republic Forces Radio Network bringing you Expanding the Universe, your EU special report. We continue this time with part two of our seven part look at the Star Wars comic packs from Hasbro. Last time, we checked out four exclusive comic packs from their first year, 2007, along with five of the mainstream release comic packs from that year. This time, we finish off 2007 with the remaining ten Hasbro comic packs. We're finally moving into more expanded universe territory here with this selection. Not everything was new and intriguing, however. Many comic packs still included the same old characters that have had numerous figures, but even then, we were seeing them as depicted in comics that weren't film adaptations this time around. The most frequent source for these comic packs was the series that began as Star Wars in December 1998. Chronologically, that series began shortly before The Phantom Menace with Prelude to Rebellion, then continued past Episode 1 for a while, jumping up to two years before Attack of the Clones with issue number 46 in October 2002 which was also the first issue to bear the series' more well-known title, Republic. From issue 49 through 78, the series then covered the events of the Clone Wars, well, at least in its original incarnation prior to the cartoon series. The final few issues, 79 through 83, carried on immediately after Revenge of the Sith. At that point, the series ended, but its spiritual successor was Dark Times, which premiered during a major revamping of the comic line. Four different comic packs emerged from this series in 2007. From the era before the series was known as Republic, we had comic packs from issue number 19, Twilight Part 1, and number 31, The Hunt for Aura Singh Part 4. The Star Wars number 19 pack 
came with fan-favorite Jedi Quinlan Voss in his first action figure, along with Vilmar Vilgrark. Technically, there was a disconnect here, though. The costumes came from the era of the Clone Wars, while the comic was their first appearances prior to the conflict. The issue number 31 pack featured a duo that has become more interesting as time has gone by. Included was the Dark Woman, a.k.a. Anya Kuro, the mysterious Jedi who trained Aura Singh before she was taken by pirates and fed lies that led her to betray her training and become a bounty hunter. With her is an even more intriguing character, though, the Tusken Raider Jedi Padawan Asherad Het, who was, at one time, the Dark Woman's apprentice. This is most notable because Asherad later became the major legacy-era antagonist Darth Krait, who would also receive a comic pack, but two years later. The two issues from the Republic incarnation of the series were issues 55 and 57, and both gave us yet another incarnation of film characters. Issue 55 features an unusual Obi-Wan Kenobi with a mask placed upon him while being held prisoner, along with the series' most iconic ARC trooper, Alpha. Issue 57's pack included Anakin Skywalker and an assassin droid as seen in the Battle of Jabim story arc, one of the most epic battles of the Clone Wars in its pre-cartoon development. Two other comic packs came from what is often seen as the classic trilogy-era sister series to the prequel trilogy-era Republic, a series called Star Wars Empire. Both of these came from the storyline The Wrong Side of the War, which featured the revelation that Janik Sunberg, who had been followed in the series pretty frequently, was actually the old friend of Luke Skywalker who had gone by the nickname of Tank, mentioned in A New Hope. Janik, Tank, Sunber, though, did not receive a figure in these two packs. Instead, a pack for issue 37 included two unique rebel agents, the Doro Mouse and the tattooed Basso, both in Stormtrooper disguises. A pack for issue 39 featured Dina Shan, a female rebel who became a main character in Empire and its relaunch series Rebellion, plus Luke Skywalker in disguise as Lieutenant Jundland in an Imperial officer's uniform. The final four of the packs from 2007 were not related to one another at all. We received another Luke Skywalker, the third in the 2007 comic packs, in the form of Luke as seen in the fifth issue of Heir to the Empire's comic adaptation. The pack also included Mara Jade, with her Heir to the Empire headdress. For the record, yes, this means we had figures, based on a comic, based on a novel, this time around. A pilot's pack came with X-Wing Rogue Squadron number 24, in the Empire Service Part 4, featuring Derek Hobby Clivian, an Imperial 181st fighter ace, later Rogue Squadron member and already Wedge Antilles' brother-in-law and father of Jagged Fell, Baron Soontir Fell. As of 2007, the Purge comic series, a trio of one-shots that make up a series, basically, really was still just a one-shot comic from 2005, and it received its own comic pack as well, with Boltar Swan and Kofi Arana. Most notable here is that both of those were background Jedi from Attack of the Clones who had very few Clone Wars-era appearances, only to be teamed up with other characters in Purge for a knockdown, drag-out fight with Darth Vader during the early weeks of the Empire. Finally, we had a comic pack that somewhat mirrored my own experience. As you probably already know, My Story Equals and Opposites from Star Wars Tales 21 was reissued as a comic pack, but only with My Story in the reprinted comic not the others that were in the issue with it. That was not the first time this was done, though. That honor goes to Star Wars Tales number 22, 
which featured a standalone clone commando, a white armored Republic commando, and a repainted battle droid figure. The comic packs were a great concept for the 30th Anniversary Collection's 2007 offerings, but we were definitely just in the baby steps for the line with quite a few repaints and a lot of figures for characters who already had quite a few figures at that point. But otherwise, it was a pretty decent start to a new product line. Next time, we'll dive into 2008. Now, back to Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, Nathan. And don't forget, you can hear Nathan discuss Clone Wars over at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network at republicforces.com. They just did their season three wrap-up show, and this summer, they're going to be looking back at the Gennady Tartakovsky Clone Wars series. And Nathan will be there opining on the series as well as bringing his continuity corner to finally reveal once and for all how the hell that Tennedy Tartakovsky series links up with Labyrinth of Evil. I'm looking forward to hearing that, because inquiring geeky minds want to know. That is our show for this week. Thank you for listening. Due to Easter and house moving and everything, we don't have a new craft finish this week. Progress has been made on the AT-AT. We also got a puppy. Progress has been made on the Jabba body pillow for the new puppy to sleep on. And progress has been made on the t-shirt quilt, but nothing new to show specifically this week. But I will have some stuff coming up soon. I did make all my employees eat Pringles and soup so I could make the AT-AT. So I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News book club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com, HansHideout.Blogspot.com, and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is copyright 2011, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. 
Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a production of Venganza Media Incorporated. It's a pretty good crowd here at Jabba's place. It's a killing, that's why we're all here. We'll sail over the dune to the pit of Carcoon, and we'll toss someone in with a cheer. Cause we've got a new droid on the pedestal, and a man in black's come in the door. He just pointed a gun over salacious crumb and then promptly fell through the floor. Oh, la, 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 da, da, da. La, la, dee, da, 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 dum. Sing us a song now, Max Rebo Band. Sing us a song tonight. For the last of the Jedi is down below, and the rancor is gripping him tight.